0: You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Seven seventy AM, ninety two point five FM, WVNN News Talk of North Alabama, and people are talking about us. Let me tell you, uh, it has been a great two hours. We're going to finish up this last hour of today's episode, and, and we've been we've been really harping on the whole concepts of education. And sometimes of socialism creeping into our society, but often using the education arena as its entryway. We've had two great guests on so far, and I'm going to go to another one here in just a moment. A friend of mine, Parker Snyder from the Alabama Policy Institute. But before I do that, i got to tell you guys real quick. Otter Creek Farmstead and Distillery, I'm going to keep telling you about this. Otter Creek Farmstead, O-T-T-E-R, Otter Creek Farmstead and Distillery. Listen, they are a wedding venue. They are a gourmet dining area. They are a wing shooting destination. Do you like to, I mean, are you into wing shooting? Do you like quail and mixed bag hunts? I mean, they do traditional European driven pheasant shoots. They've got itineraries they can customize for your group. Bring a corporate group out there. Bring a group of clients out there. You know, come out there with your family or just take a day. And and you can even stay overnight in beautiful, luxurious accommodations. Listen, Donald Trump Jr. stayed there not long ago. This place is primo and it's right here in North Alabama, ottercreekfarmstead.com. They will square you away. Hey, I want to bring somebody on that, uh, that I'm personally very fond of. He's a, he's a friend. He's a coworker. Uh, we are both at the Alabama Policy Institute. Uh, Parker Snyder is our director of policy analysis. He not only does the research himself at times, he works with others on our staff, but he also supervises our interns. And uh, Parker is originally from Memphis, but he's, he's an Alabama guy now. He graduated from Sanford University with honors in, in political science. Uh, before that, he also, um, before he worked with API, he also did some work for the U.S. House of Representatives and for the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Co- Co- Convention. Uh, but he's got a great resume, but we've also discovered that he's like quite the utility player. If we need something and we don't know how to do it, we just usually ask Parker. So Parker Snyder, glad you're on the show with me, man. Wow,
1: thanks for having me. I feel really good about myself right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and well, you should, my friend. Hey, um, <laughs> listen, I've been enjoying this. Can you believe they gave me a microphone, Parker?
1: I know, and it's it sounds like it's going pretty well.
0: Well, it has been. It's been it's been really good. Hey, listen, man, um, we've been doing a lot of research at API. You've been in the thick of it. Um, and I was talking to State Representative Terry Collins, and before that was State Representative Charlotte Meadows, both of whom are education advocates in the body. But... Uh, Governing Magazine, I pointed this out to Terry Collins, Governing Magazine reported that 22% of the states spend less than we do, and yet all of those low-spending states rank higher than us in the education rankings, which would mean that it's really not a money issue. Plus, we just passed 10 years in a row increasing, escalating levels of um, budget processes for uh, appropriations for education with no proration. So, I'm of the mind that money's not the issue, um, but there's gotta be something done differently than what we've been doing it. And so, you know, when I contacted you earlier, I asked, Hey, can you come on today? Tell me what you're seeing in other States, because you, you've got the broad, broad view. You've got the capability for research. I mean, how do we as Alabama do something different than what we're already doing? And what are you seeing in other States?
1: Oh yeah, this, that's a great question. Um, so many other states have used the 2021 year to do massive big school choice things and Alabama is one that did not I know uh, you had representative Collins on representative Meadows they are strong supporters of school choice um, but they can't do it all by themselves and we don't in my opinion have a legislature that has the uh, desire to really see school choice go forth and at least as it's made up right now and you can see that when you look at what other states are doing so i'll just I'll run through a few Phil and you can cut me off whenever um but there are seven states that made brand-new school choice programs. So they've had no school choice program before, or they had only a few, and they decided, let's make a completely new thing. And I have three that I want to highlight, um, just yeah, specifically uh, because of how their makeup is uh, different than Alabama's in a way that makes me frustrated. Um, so New Hampshire is a, a state that went to Biden, President Biden, Secretary Clinton, and also went to President Obama, And that state, this year, passed a brand-new education savings account program, which allows low- and middle-income students to use their education dollars for school of their choice. And I point them out because this is a conservative idea, but states that go Democrat are doing it, too. Um, Then you have Kentucky. The state has a Democrat governor, and the legislature actually overrode his veto to get a school choice bill passed. And this one created a tax credit scholarship like what we have in Alabama, the Accountability Act, and that one um, uh, is for low- and middle-income students as well. So that state is kind of more like Alabama than New Hampshire, but it is not really as much of a Trump-supporting state as we are. So, again, another state where you think it should be if they can do it, we should be able to do that. Last one I want to mention in terms of the new uh, program is West Virginia. This is a conservative state. They do have a Democratic senator in Senator uh, Joe Manchin. And he's been a long-term there, so that's an interesting uh, demographics they have there. But they passed a universal education savings account, and that is going to be the model for the state. So this is, means that any student, K-12, through can get, I think it's around $6,000, maybe a little less than that, per, per year for them to use online for tutoring, or they can use it for a private school, or they can use it to get um, anything else really education-related um, that's approved by the state. And it's just such a great idea because you have places like Birmingham where they're spending more per pupil than Mountain Brook. And we know which school you want to go to if you live in the Birmingham area. And these students who are in Birmingham will be able to choose to go to a school like Redeemer or uh, Redemption um, or Cornerstone that are private schools that can use a less amount of money and do a better job educating them. So these are seven But there's also, so I said seven, there's Arkansas has also had a new school choice program, Indiana, Missouri, and Ohio. And honestly, I don't know if any of these are really more conservative than Alabama. So it makes me really kind of frustrated. I don't know about you, Phil, but it makes me really frustrated that we haven't done anything this year.
0: it, It makes me extremely frustrated. And so, you know, to frame this a little bit, I mean, keep in mind, uh, and, and and Parker, you probably saw this. So President Trump, before he left office, he made the statement publicly that that school choice is the civil rights issue of our time, and that that's yeah. so. And if so, so you would think though that a state that tends to lean towards Trump policies and tend to uh, lean towards Trump in the election cycle would also tend to lean towards his statements in that regard, and yet. We also have, by the way, I live currently in the 4th Congressional District in, in Alabama. The 4th Congressional District had the highest per capita vote for Trump in 2016 of any congressional district in the entire United States. So that's wow. where we live, and yet <laughs> this state chose to do pretty much nothing when it comes to education reform. Now, we had we had some things that did happen. We had some attempts. Uh, we also had, uh, you know, one bill that does allow for enhanced education um, uh, payment to teachers who will get certified in um, science and math, uh, and 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 help do some internal recruiting and try to bolster those ranks and get our scores up that way. I get it, but nothing was done to truly reform education processes or to enhance school choice uh, this past year, and yet we're allegedly the most pro-Trump state in the nation, and that doesn't doesn't yeah. match up. And what it shows is a like I think you said a moment ago, a lack of will or a lack of political will at the very least. For many of the new members of the House and Senate, in terms of trying to do something about education, um, hey, hey, West Virginia. Yeah. Sorry, so, I, was, so I have.
1: There's actually 14 other states that have actually expanded school choice programs this year. We don't know if you want to talk about that right now, but I do. I want to get on West we Virginia
0: about. first before we hit the break. We're gonna yeah. have a break here in about two minutes, but I'm gonna want you to stay on after the break. But, uh, but, but West Virginia, that one is, and I agree with you. I think that's probably the most significant one in the United States, wouldn't you think?
1: Yes, I mean, there's never been a state that has done something as monumental for its students as West Virginia is doing. And they're doing it because a lot of parents were angry this year because their students were stuck in online schools while they're having to try to balance working from home and all of that kind of stuff. And thankfully, the you know, for West Virginians, their legislators got their message. And I, I don't know what is holding up Alabama legislators' phones. or well, They're not hearing this from their parents, honestly, but hopefully they hear it soon.
0: Well, hopefully they will. And and, and truthfully, what, what they did was what uh, is sometimes referred to in the school choice arenas as a portability of the funds. Am I right? Like backpack funds, they call yes. it. Um, and, and what that basically means, folks, for y'all who are listening, is I said earlier, and I meant it, that education tax dollars, when you pay your taxes, and a part of that goes to the education trust fund, the education budget in Alabama, that literally it's supposed to be there for the child, not for the system. And so if the child is trapped in a failing school or the child is trapped into a bad situation, that child should be allowed to go somewhere, and West Virginia agreed as a whole. They didn't just agree in part. They agreed as a whole that those kids can have some of those taxpayer dollars and go where they feel is best, and the legal guardian or parent of that child can make a decision because they are the ones best suited to make a decision about education. Well, Copper, go ahead and cue up that music. We're going to go to a soft break here in a minute so that I've got some time on the far side of, uh, of this break to talk to my friend Parker some more about uh, other states and what they're doing and, and where we might be able to head in Alabama in the coming session. So, Parker, gear your thoughts towards what we can do in Alabama or maybe what we see on the horizon. But listen, folks, it's Right Side Radio, News Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM. Right Side Radio, your host, Phil Williams. We are solid, conservative, and just plain right. We're going to be here every day, five days a week, educating and enlightening and empowering and hopefully entertaining you in the process. I mean, folks, we we have got to do some things different, and we've got to have people who are willing to be what I call right side ruffians that are saying, you know what, not on my watch, not on my watch. So listen, stay dialed in. We're going to come back and do more. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, right back. 70 AM, 92.5 FM News Talk, WVNN. I I like that bump music. That was a little Foo Fighters right there coming in. Thank you, Copper. That was a good one. I I like that one a lot. Um, So, hey, I think the Foo Fighters, by the way, are actually being uh, uh, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, I know uh, Parker may have dropped off the line accidentally, and uh, we'll see if we can get him back on uh, real quick. In fact, I'm going to send him a text uh, while we're uh, talking and see if we can get him back on the line. But in the meantime, let me just say this. Um, oh, Parker's back on the line. Good deal. Well, look, hey, News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM is WVNN, but this is Right Side Radio. That's the name of the show, and I'm your host, Phil Williams. We spent the last uh, two and a half hours talking about socialism and talking about education. Sometimes the two, unfortunately, intertwine. There's a story that came out just today on AL.com that suggests that critical race theory wasn't even being talked about until Alabama officials decided to target it. I take issue with that. Tricia Crane usually does a great job reporting on education matters, but I think the idea that this is not happening is not necessarily true. It it denies the entire aspect of what just happened in Mountain Brook. It denies the entire aspect of what is being um, uh, put into our teachers' uh, training in 42 schools in the Huntsville area right now, and I've got the list. Uh, but all said and done, there's so much more that has to be done for education. And the teachers' union, the NEA, has a statement that says that they are about socialization and social policy. Well, they're supposed to be about education, but that's okay. Let's go ahead and just call them the teachers' union, and that's what they are. Uh, but they have an entirely different agenda than education. And yet here we are in Alabama ranked number 50. We've got to do some things different. We've got to do something more than just say, let's spend more money, because spending more money is obviously not help because we've increased the budgets for the last 10 years and our numbers have gone down regardless. So my friend Parker Snyder from the Alabama Policy Institute is with us, and we've been talking about what other states are doing. Parker, there's, there's some things brewing, though. I, I, I do believe we have some hope on the horizon. I hope we do anyway. I hope we have hope, but... Um, what do you think if you had to put some low-hanging fruit, things that, that educators or that legislators could do about education in Alabama in the next session? What would you What would you predict?
1: Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think there are two things that they actually talked about doing this session that they definitely should do, and they are low-hanging fruit. I call them they're not even really first steps. I call them baby steps. So, open enrollment is a is basically a, a policy that would allow a student from Birmingham City to go to Oak Mountain, uh, Shelby County Schools, or a different district, basically inter-district transfers. And there are some school districts in Alabama that allow this, but there's no rule from the state government that you have to allow this. Every other state, I think there may be one more, or one other one, like Alabama, but every other state makes sure that this is a thing. And we're like, again, dead last. (laughs) And it's just like, all right, guys, so we should do that. Um, we also need to be doing what I know you're talking to Representative Collins about is to fund charter schools the same amount as the other Public schools. I mean, they're the same the public schools They're just being discriminated against because they they smell a tiny bit like school choice and that I don't know I, I remember watching this debate today or last uh, last session whenever they were talking about it and Ter- Representative Collins was doing a great job from the stand supporting it um, but People in the audience were clearly very angry with the idea that anything other than the traditional public school is going to be funded by the state. So I think they're going to need to hear, the legislators need to hear, like, the real stories of people who are benefiting from charter schools. And right now we can't, there aren't that many stories because they're not funded the same way. So it's kind of a a cycle right now. And I think if you look at states like Florida, our neighbors to the south, and Georgia, our neighbors to the east, You'll see that they have these things and they're doing them really well, and I think our our legislators just need to you know look around a little bit and see uh, that maybe we need to start start doing some of these things.
0: Well, I, I think that's exactly right. I, I think there's got to be, you know, and I mentioned with with uh, Representative Collins, she and I were both elected together at the same time in 2010. Uh, she she just chose to remain uh, in the legislature; is there on her third term. Uh, but but that being said, she and I talked about the fact that when when we first got in. We had a common fight and the the, the teachers union, the AEA in Alabama did all it could to keep conservatives out of office. Literally just fought tooth and nail and spent millions of dollars trying to beat us back unsuccessfully. We flipped the legislature and went in and did things like the Accountability Act, the stabilization of the education budget with a rolling reserve, uh, no proration now for years, uh, gave uh, national board certified teachers a pay raise, uh, just just went into it and, and did things that the Democrats had failed to do for so many years. And and, and yet that seems to have paled now. And in and, and 2018, a third of the legislature uh, chose not to run for re-election, me included. And and so a third of them are new, and they don't have that historical precedent. They don't have that continuity of, of information, and they weren't in that fight. And maybe they don't get it. Plus, a whole lot of them took uh, Teachers Union money in their election campaigns. And, uh, and, I, and we had used to say we would never do that. Um, that being said, I agree with you, I think the open enrollment uh, Parker is a big deal. Um, and, it, yeah. and it seems simple. It should be a baby step because if you're trapped into a zip code and, and that and your parents you know don't have the wherewithal to be able to move. But then again, should they have to move to get you to a good school, it shouldn't be that way. Yeah. Some, no. Sometimes you can we, almost we, see the good school from your 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 residence in the bad neighborhood.
1: Yeah, it, it's tricky because this is a I think another area where we as Christians, uh, you know, Alabama is a very Christian state. Like we're going to have to think about as you know, a Mountain Brook resident or a Shelby County resident or a Madison City, City resident. We're going to think about yes, you may have to let kids from less great neighborhoods into your schools, and is that worth you know? Is that worth it to you? I think as Christians, we should be thinking and willing to do that
0: kind of thing as well. I, I think that's a fair statement. Hey, Parker, thanks for being on the show with us today. We appreciate your time and the work that you do over at uh, Alabama Policy Institute. Uh, it's good work. Keep it thanks up. for having me. Yeah, absolutely. 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. This is Right Side Radio. I'm your host, Phil Williams. We are wearing it out, man. And listen, we are solid, conservative, and just plain right. And we're going to be back to talk some more. I'll open the phone lines up in the last half hour. Call in and tell us what you think. We'll be back right after this.